Last week on Into the Dead. So I consider those three my sisters at this point. This is the best conversation to have. Yeah, Impression and fleeing. We got two words that I won't use outside of this venue. Yeah. I try to tell my team that pressure is a privilege. And happy Games Day Eve to Cougar Basketball. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> this is an exclusive for Into the Den. That sets up a true conference championship game this Saturday versus University of Northwestern. I said no matter what happens on Saturday, I'm probably going to end up crying. It's time to get back into the dead. We're back and better than ever. A weekly podcast dedicated to covering the student-athletes, coaches, and teams of the University of Minnesota Morris Cougars. Into the Den has no offseason. And now, the Den is open again. Let's go deep into the Den. We've got something special going on here. With your co-hosts, Tim Grove and Matt Johnson. Oh, yes. Welcome back into the den. We are back and better than ever. And uh, I think the big question of the week coming off last week, Matt, and we just we heard in the intro there, did you end up crying on Saturday? I cry almost every Saturday, but <laughs> yes, this one in particular. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the reason for that is um, we've had a conference championship football game here on Saturday. And uh, joining us in studio today, none other than head coach of our conference championship football team, Marty Hoffman, and senior kicker, Alex Happ. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us today in the den. Let's give it up. There we go. Nice. Yeah, thank you for having us. <laughs> Love it. Rowdy Crowd, I was actually really excited to talk about this contest until I just got to spend the last five minutes with Alex, and now it's we're going to blow through this to talk about something else soon here. We'll get to it. And it's going to be fun. Oh, it'll be fun no matter what, yes. <laughs> yes. So we did have, obviously, a conference championship football game here on Saturday, which um, I unfortunately was not in attendance for, for other reasons that we'll get to Boo. later. In the... <laughs> but but uh, I did have a chance to to go back and, and watch a bunch of it. And uh, obviously, and just through conversations with Matt and other people, I missed a great one. Um, we'll get into some details, but Coach Hoffman, just starting, how was the overall day for you in terms of, you know, the lead up to it, uh, the game itself? Just how was the how was the feeling going in? Yeah, it was probably the um, the week itself was probably the most stress I felt in a while. Um, I mean, it was uh, it was it was a difficult thing to kind of control the emotion of it. Um, you know, thinking about the all you've done over the course of your coaching career. And it's leading up to this one moment. And, um, you know, it was arguably one of the, well, certainly as a head coach, biggest game I've been a part of. Uh, and, and even looking back at my career, trying to think about other championship games, trying to remind myself of what that was like. And, you know, I had an experience at Carleton that was useful and, and, and even at South Dakota State. So try to glean some uh, experience from that. But, I mean, you, you just try to, because you're naive to think, well, it's just another game. Right. It, it's not another game. You know, it's, it's, it's for everything. And so, um, yeah, leading up was, was some high anxiety in the uh, Huffman household. And uh, a lot of that spilled over as the game ended. And, um, yeah, just quite an experience and, you know, quite an accomplishment for these kids. So in, in what ways was it different for you? You mentioned re going back and relying on some of the other experiences you had. Did you, did you go about things a little bit differently or did you – um, uh, kind of go through the week or approach things any differently than you would any other week? What was that like for you? Yeah, I just, you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot in our program is is each week, um, you know, being 1-0. and and, and that was, you know, I really kind of leaned on that and just tried to think about, you know, we're, we're, we're going to prepare for this game the same way we do every week and, and make sure that our guys, um, unlike the coach, aren't as nervous uh, yeah. going into the game. And so... Um, you know, our preparation was really good. We had a really good week of practice um, and just felt really confident um, that, that our guys were going to play well. And, you know, it took a little time to kind of get things going. But, um, you know, my, I never, I guess, wavered, uh, even when the score was what it was at one point, um, that our guys were going to fight. And a lot of that, I think, had to do with watching us overcome the previous week. Yes. And, and I think that had prepared us well for this game. And I absolutely want to come back to that, and we will. But um, I want to go to Alex and, and just what was your kind of, of outlook on the week and leading up to probably the biggest game of your career? Yeah, it was the biggest game of my career. And uh, 
throughout the week, I felt pretty relaxed. Practice was uh, a good time. We were just excited to still be playing some ball. We were still excited to have this last game with our seniors. And, uh, well, we knew there was going to be another game, but we were, we were just excited to play. And then Friday night, it really hit me. That's when the nerves started to kick in. And uh, I, uh, I was telling my roommates, I was like, holy cow, this is a big game we have tomorrow. And uh, I, that almost, almost took advantage of me. And then I woke up the next morning, and it was like there were no nerves. I was just so excited, so ready to play the game. And just I knew we would have a huge crowd. And Yeah, and I want to talk about that, Alex. I mean, from a student-athlete experience, and I'm sure even coach from, a, from an on-the-field, you know, a lot of – there were signs all over campus about the blackout. And, and it, you know, it was after last week, well, Wednesday, would have been, you know, the support of the volleyball team mm-hmm. at home, you know, mm-hmm. with we did a whiteout there, things of that nature. And I'm not saying that every home football game isn't a big deal because in, in many capacities they are, but this one had a different feel from it from yes, even sir. a student body perspective. And I know – um, you know, towns, people involved. I saw several, several professors there that I had. I mean, I'm probably some I didn't even see, but folks that haven't historically came to games. Was there a sense of that amongst the guys too? I mean, like you said, big game, yes, but that that kind of push, that feel from a student body support as well. I feel like we, since we had such a big turnout at that volleyball game, we're we're always supporting the other teams on campus, and we love to show up. And uh, I feel like that really helped the other student athletes be like, "All right, they're supporting us. Let's go support." And I, I knew that crowd going in was going to be big, but I don't think it hit us until the first roar of the crowd. That was the loudest I've ever heard the mm. Cougar Stadium, and it was incredible. And even still, like today, I'm walking. Yesterday, I was walking around campus, and professors I don't even know were like, "Hey, great game, Alex," and I was like. I didn't know they were at the game, and it was it's always <laughs> crazy to see all these faces. Just, you too, thank bud. you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, sir. Yeah, just no names, but yeah, it was incredible, and I f- I feel like the guys felt that energy, and that's what had us uh, turn it around there. Well, not only do you guys do such a great job of of supporting all the other programs, but there's so many more things that you guys do away from the football field. Um, and, and a lot of our athletes do, yes, but I, I know the, the football team is at the forefront and, and gets, gets a lot of, of, of the notoriety for things like Feed My Starving Children, which I know, again, a lot of our athletes do. Um, and and it's, whenever things need to get done on campus, they in, inevitably contact Coach Hoffman and say, do you have some guys that can do this? Do you have some guys that can do that? Just an example, a few weeks ago, a guy needed a piano moved. And he contacted me. Well, I got a hold of them already. Hey, you have some guys. Yep, we'll get them there. And I think it's just that that overall feeling of of you guys being here for others, not just yourself. And then, yeah, when there's an opportunity to come show up for the football game, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Biggest roar you've ever heard, which mm-hmm. I just absolutely love. So let's get into the game itself. Uh, again, I was not here, unfortunately. But um, you guys got down 14 nothing early in the game. What was the feeling like then from a, a head coach standpoint or, or from, from a coaching staff? Like, okay, here's what we need to correct, or is it just a, a let's ride this wave because our time is coming type of thing? What was the feeling from you? Yeah, I think, you know, you're, you're certainly not excited about the uh, slow start. But like I said, I, I never wavered. I don't think our well, – certainly our players didn't. Um, you know, we were able to move the ball too efficiently on offense, so you kind of had the sense of, you know, we're going to be able to make – um, you know, big play here, big play there. Obviously, Isaiah Boss bust off a long run. And, you know, that kind of really, I think that play in of itself settled everyone in. And I think once we had that um, play from Isaiah, it, you know, then it was just a normal game. You know, I would be, um, you know, I, I think a little bit, I, they came out with a good plan too. Uh, no, no credit away from them. They had a nice offensive plan. Uh, to attack us, did some trick plays, had Love some it. had some things where they came after mm-hmm. us, and mm-hmm. you know we talked about that on the bench, and and I kind of got the defense together and just said, hey, you know, our moment's going to come. We just got to get ourselves settled in and just do our job. Well, yes. yeah, and Tim, if I can, so to that end, coach, so fourteen nothing, but those first two score. I mean, again, one was a an awesome design screen. Mm-hmm. There was a double pass, and then there's a reverse for their first three scores. And and again, not taking credit away from Northwestern because those are schematic things. But, I mean, they're gimmicky-type situations, too, where you were hurt on that. So you're down 14-0, Isaiah with that huge touchdown run, just awesome, right? And then they come back, get another score right away, and you drive all the way to the one-yard line, and then we all we know what happens in Cougarland. There's a turnover there. That is an absolute back-breaking moment for the team. But it didn't, right? I mean, 
backed up now, yes, they're on the one-yard line. But, I mean, you want to talk about an opportunity where the kids could have just hung their head and folded up shop versus a really, really good Northwestern team, and that's absolutely not what happened there. Talk about that put-the-ball-down-anywhere mentality defense. What was your messaging there coming out of that that potential really bad situation? Well, right away, just telling them, uh, we got to keep them down here. Yeah. Um, now, the safety in of itself is kind of the cherry on top. But, um, again, watching our offense be efficient down the field, um, you know, it just really felt like, okay, even though we fumbled there, feel like, okay, three and out, let's get the ball back. It'll be a shorter field, let them finish. Um, but, you know, I wanted to kind of ride the momentum, so I made a defensive call that was a little more aggressive than I would usually probably call. And, um, you know, Infinger makes a nice tackle out uh, in the end zone and gets us two points, and, and that was big because, again, that gives, gives the ball back and let our offense get back on the field you know, now down nine to 21. So let's go to Alex from a player's standpoint. Um, we heard from a coaching standpoint what that was like, but how about you? You guys, again, got down 14 nothing. You needed that big hit from Isaiah, mm-hmm. you know, and then they come back and score right away again. What was the feeling on the sideline with you and the guys? It, it, was, there, was there any wavering? I think it really was just uh, we can put those emotions in the hands of the seniors and the, the guys who have been there for a long time. They said it's a long game. We just starting. We got to calm down. Let's let's settle in. This this is nothing. We can't come back from. And I think that attitude really helped the younger guys stay on board and really realize that we're in this game. We were in that game from the start, and we never left. So from that twenty-one nine uh, point, you come down and get another score now before halftime. Reeb on a touchdown pass uh, to Cole Mitchell. So a twenty-one sixteen at halftime. What was talked about at that point, either schematically with the guys or just about, hey, we've, we've taken their best punch potentially and we've gotten us back in. What was the messaging at halftime, first from the coaching standpoint and then what you guys were talking about from, from a player standpoint at halftime? Yeah, certainly uh, talking to the staff, as we always do before we go in at halftime, you know, I, I, I kind of really emphasized um, you know, for us to continue to stay positive and continue to um, keep the energy level of our players up because, again, like you said, I felt like we did take their best punches. And, and they wobbled us a little bit, but felt like we got our legs underneath us now, and now we're in a, a, you know, a fight. And so, um, you know, schematically, things that change, a few things here and there, but um, it, it was really about getting our guys to focus and execute on their jobs and execute whatever call was made, whatever technique they got to do. Um, make sure they do it. And um, it was nothing but positive energy in that locker room. I mean, guys really were calm and there was no panic, um, neither from the staff as well. I think, you know, we, we, we felt like we, and, 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 you know, we talked about it during the week. This is going to be a tough game. This mm-hmm. is going to be an up and down roller coaster. We're going to have a lead. We're going to lose a lead. I mean, those are the things that you kind of prepare these guys for, and they were ready. Um, so it was good to see. It, it must have felt good knowing you were going to get the ball coming out of half and knowing that although you only had two touchdowns on the board, the offense really had moved the ball up and down the field. I mean, again, two turnovers. Right, and, and that was we, – we talked about that with the staff as well. I mean, offensively, we were moving the ball very efficiently. Two turnovers, and and that was the – Both of them, well, in one in, on the goal line and the other one in the, in the green zone. I mean, you were at like the 30-yard line. Correct, yep, and, and so – you know, that, that was the difference. And we had zero takeaways defensively. And so, you know, thinking about that in the second half, really try to emphasize that to the defense is that we got to get some takeaways here to, to really get the ball back to our offense because, I mean, they're playing well today. And then from a player standpoint, Alex, what was talked about before the coaches came in the locker room? Yeah, I mean, uh, the fellas were really just in there. And it was, again, like Coach says, we – we had all the confidence in the world. We weren't out of this game at all. And I think I think Coach Burke said it best and like really reminded us. He walked in, the first thing he said was, ain't this fun? Ain't this fun? <laughs> and it was a fun football game. And the guys finally realized like, yeah, this is the conference championship. This is the biggest game we've ever played, but we're playing football right now. This is a fun game. It's a battle. It's shot for shot. And and we were ready. We were ready. So Al, talk to me now. Um, so we're into the second half. Obviously, you, we did get that turnover that you were talking about, Coach Hoffman. We've got this lead. Northwestern storms back and takes a lead. And then it became a game where, obviously, your position and ob- your abilities came into to full focus there. You had a 25-yarder. You've had multiple extra points. And this is even before the, the kick, yes, yes, right, sir. the kick kick. Talk to me about that, the emotion as being a, a, a kicker. And I 
no experience myself. I don't know any of us in the room, but I mean, when that play is out there, whatever, whether it's an extra point or a field goal, I mean, it is, it is a hundred percent on you. You know what I mean? And on the snap and the holder, don't not taking anything away from those guys, but um, knowing that you're in a battle of a game here down at one point in time, 32, 29 facing a 25 yarder, what's your mindset as you're approaching that kick? Yeah. The, uh, the only thing I made sure is my freshman, sophomore year, I would get screamed at by the coaches if I wasn't warmed up on the sideline. So I was just like, all right, make sure you take a couple kicks, get a little ready. And then <laughs> I step out on the field and I just really took a deep breath. And all I could hear was their fans. And I was like, I just smiled. I think I smiled to Hunter and I was like, oh, this ball is going in. And it's 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 really that I used to get nervous for these these kicks. And I finally realized like, my job's easy. Just put your foot down. Take a deep breath. Keep your eye on the ball. It's just like golf. If you guys want to go out and golf, I can help you with the golf swing too. But this guy, it's just like golf. Keep your eye on the ball. It's going through. Clear the mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, okay. So awesome. So we got there now 32-32 with that kick. Um, I believe that's a score at the end of the third, correct? We're tied at, at 32 and to three. Well, then early in the fourth, you come out. Blake Johnson breaks the tie with a touchdown run of his own. And then with your extra point, now you have a 39-32 lead in the fourth quarter. UNW answered right back with a with a yeah. you know, a good yeah. drive down the field, yeah. right? Conversions on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know what I do it's forever. What thirteen plays. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, of of chunking off pieces and and putting themselves right back in the contest, keeping themselves in it. Which they did, tied at 39. And then so from that point, we got a tie game. Head coach Hoffman, we got a tie game here late in the fourth quarter. Does does the mindset change at all from from a head coaching standpoint in terms of what you want to try to do offensively or defensively? Obviously, you try to win the game, but I'm, what I'm asking for is more of a: Do you take more chances? Do you take fewer chances? What is the mindset at that point? You know, it's all come down to the last what six seven minutes yeah, of it, the game it, here. You took that ball with eight minutes on the clock, as you know. You know, so I mean. Wh- what about the play calling there, the mindset that, that Tim's referencing? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> of course you want to kind of um, get points in that drive. And, and whether it's a field goal, um, you certainly would prefer a touchdown. But um, just being efficient on third down, keeping the ball, right? I mean, it's, it's not an eight-minute offense, but it is an, an opportunity that you want to chew up some of that clock um, as best you can and then, um, you know, get points out of it. You know, I knew as we were – um, starting to move that ball. Now it was set up with a phenomenal uh, kickoff return um, that we had and, and really knew that, okay, we can get some points here. Um, you know, then defensively, it, it, it allows us to do some things that hopefully we can make a stop. And, and so you're, you're really basing your how aggressive you want to be, um, certainly from a defense standpoint, about what we can do here offensively. Because if we get no points there, you know, that changes the the plan in a tie game when they have the ball with, I don't know, say five minutes left. Mm-hmm. Now suddenly it is a, okay, we got to get a stop. We got to keep them out of field goal range. Well, in the kickoff return, and, and honestly, you know, even in Tim and my notes here, we don't bring it up. You guys consistent all, and not just in on Saturday, but all season right. long, you've started at the 40 yard line, you yep. know, between Elison back there and then Miranda, although he doesn't have as many returns because, you know, Garrett's the one back there, but I think it was actually Jacob's return on this one that set you up from a, a, Again, an offensive perspective, or and even defensively, there to know that hey, our return game is as solid as it is has got to be a huge feather in the cap. Yeah, we we obviously we emphasize special teams here. It's part of our philosophy. I mean, I I man most of those units in terms of coaching and make sure schematically that we're um, you know giving our offense the shortest field possible, giving our defense long fields, and, and so um, and so is Northwestern. You know, they they do a really good job on their special teams, but felt like with our KOR um, that we had some opportunities there that that we could get some short fields and we did luckily at the best possible time all right so here and now i'm getting to you so here we got we got this drive going on it's fourth down and five from the 25 yard line okay 42 yard field goal attempt is no chip shot in small college football it's not even in big college football right before sending out mr reliable to, to do what he ended up doing what was the conversation like on the phones and i'm assuming there was one because I was a little, frankly, a little surprised early in the contest, our first drive, where you went for it on fourth and one, because normally, knowing you as well, you're a huge field position guy. You always try to, I I know you, I appreciate that about you. You went for it there. Here we're facing 
fourth and five, so it's no easy, but you're knowing you're thinking, you're also looking at a 42 yard field goal attempt too. Right. Well, you know, it, it, it really starts pregame because you really, you know, Hap and I talk a lot as we get into the game, um, trying to watch him kick pregame and, and understanding, you know, the question I always ask him is where's the distance, you know, what's his, what's your range today? And in the great city of Morris, it, it, the wind blows around here. So, um, the, the, the fourth and one that way, obviously it's a different setup, but we're going into the win there. We were just outside of what we felt comfortable with with Alex. And, um, you know, going to the north, I mean, same bet. We were right at the stretch of where Hap felt really good. And so, and, you know, I mean, he's a guy that we have all the faith in the world in. And, and you know, we've we've he's done a tremendous job for us all year and, and throughout his career and just felt like, you know, this is this is the right spot to – to, to let him go try to win it. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that was kind of the conversation we had on the sideline on a third down call. Um, you know, certainly the option potentially of if we can get that to a fourth and two, one, um, you know, maybe we go. And uh, um, we didn't get it. And, you know, Burke and I had a quick conversation about, you know, what do you think? And let's kick it. So, Al, you roll out there now, 39-39, four and change left on the clock. You can tell me there was no nerves, and I might even believe you, but I, I'm going to hard-press to believe it. Because I know after the ball goes through the uprights, that's the most emotion I've ever seen from you on a football field. With this kid's smile, I can tell you there were no nerves. Look at this kid over here. No way. Okay, it was, talk it us was, through it. So it started off with the conversation. I'm always, when we get in that area, I'm always like peeking behind Coach Burke and Coach Hoff. I'm like, I can make that. I can make that. <laughs> Whispering in the ear. <laughs> and they asked the question, and there was no hesitation, and I knew that I had the full support of the coaches and I had the full support of the team. And I said, I walked out there and just didn't even think about it. I knew the hole was getting down. I knew the snap was going to get there. And I just, when I say that's the first time ever, I'm usually scared to get these kicks. Like my stomach will be moving a little bit. I'll be like, oh, wait, what are the fans saying? At Martin Luther, they had their student sections. They were going left, right, left. Well, it was right. like four dudes by the <laughs> yeah, way. So yeah, yeah the student out. section. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so usually I'm, I'm thinking about all these other aspects and I, I, I wanted this one. I told myself the night before or like a couple weeks before, I was like, if it came down to a game-winning field goal, I don't know if I want it. I kind of want to. I kind of want us to blow them out of the water. Let's just not even put it in my hands. And I walked out there, and I I wanted it. I wanted that game on my shoulders. I wanted it. That's and Naughton awesome. on the snap, in finger on the hold, yep. obviously. And they've been so clutch all year. Yep. And this is always Jinx's job. I can't remember the 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 last time we had a poor operation on a field goal attempt. You know what I mean? It's it. They've just been clutch, Alex, all year. And the hunters. Hunter's been my holder for three years, and we've had some uh, we've had some crazy holds in practice. So I, he's always told me like, "Hey, if you're not going to kick it, just tell me, and we'll pull it off. We'll do fire." And I know that kid's going to put the ball down. Yeah. And so I'm kicking it no matter what happens, unless it's like a horrible snap. But it's Dylan not, you know, when's the last time we got a bad snap? There you go. There you go. Yeah, and and I think what. What comes from that confidence from the coaches, from your teammates, is that you've been there, done that. Maybe not this exact situation, but Matt referenced it, Mr. Reliable, right? You've done such a great job, not only this year, but in your career of being that guy that, that, that the team can count on to knock it through. I mean, how many times have you been special teams player of the week? I mean, the, the thing should be named after oh, you. Oh, wow, 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 wow. Right? Calm down. Calm so, down. <laughs> I mean, they'll be calling it the Alex Happ Award yeah. from now on. John Hoff, Alex App, name you don't know, but yep, we are going. Well, I just I thought I'd get a break after this weekend, but people keep blowing my head up around here. I'm we trying to it. take a deep breath. Well deserved. All right, so now we're up 42-39, coach. We kick it off. You pin them deep. I, I don't know. It was inside the 20, was it not? Yeah. Okay. And again, they're they're going to operate in in their in their sphere, trying to do what they did. Um, what's the mentality of the defense? And then also, were you surprised? And again. Coach is coach, right? With the the play selection that Northwestern implemented down the field that really, really run heavy with something that they hadn't really shown. I mean, given their quarterback, who's a beast, as you know, and yes. whatever number 10's name is, I don't know. I just know he's really good. Bo Burke. There Bo you go. Burke. You know, to have those weapons that, gosh, they, they it was methodical, to say the least. Walk me through that. Yeah, I mean, they didn't, um, you know, really change who they were. Uh, nor, nor should they have. I mean, I think in that situation, you know, if I'm putting myself in their shoes, it's let's just operate. Um, you know, not like, you know, they've been able to move the ball a little bit on us as well, clearly. And, uh, 
you know, you just need a field goal, you know, and, and their kicker's not bad either. And, and they burned so, a timeout right after the kickoff, which was huge. Yes, And then it was. they take another one about midfield. Yep, yep. You know, and we had a fourth down there where we had a chance to end it early. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, we just we, – we didn't execute well. And, uh, you know, that kind of led into some more <clears throat> plays down the field. And, um, yeah, kind of was getting a little dicey there for a while, but – you know, you still felt confident in in the guy's ability to um, to get a stop, and and you know, you just keep making um, play calls and let the guys execute it, and you know, they were able to do that there, obviously late. At what point did you think, or or were you kind of planning, I guess I would say, for them to just decide, okay, we're going to kick this thing. Was it, you know, at that at that last stage, what was it, like 17 seconds, well, something like yeah, that? Yeah, 17 seconds. But I think it's a good question because, again, and why I referenced the, the timeouts earlier is I'm standing in that end zone, essentially, where you run it. Now they've got no timeouts on the left and and first and goal from the 10, fine. But I, I'm talking to another individual and I'm saying, if if we take a sack here or if they're caught, if it's not a touchdown, if that guy's tackled on two yard line, this game is over. Mm-hmm. Like that's where, from the the other side of coaching thing, I was like, okay, how many chances do they take at right. the end zone before they just settle for three here? Right. And were, were you at all surprised that they came out in in traditional formation, not going to kick out of that? And then what was your mindset when you're like, hey, they're lining up to go. What do we need to do? Well, to to, to Matt's point, um, you know, that was the same thought I had in terms of if we can get a sack here. And, uh, you know, again, we were pressuring well all day. Our D-line got after it really um, efficiently. And so... Like two um, and a half sacks, right? Yeah, I but mean, we're always kind of moving him off his point, always had guys in his face. I mean, he had to scramble a lot, and that's what we always want to have in our pressure. And so, you know, dialed up a blitz there and just thought, you know what, if we can get a sack here or we can get an errant throw um, because of pressure, um, you know, maybe we can win this thing right now. Uh, because, yeah, they weren't obviously kicking the field goal. Um, and, you know, I'm not sure in that situation I would either. I would certainly take a shot at the end zone, mm-hmm. probably two or three. Sure. And, uh, you know, go from there and kick it with no time left, you know. But um, thankfully, uh, it worked out for us. And so the the hero of the moment, Juan Garza, who I understand has he typically not played a whole lot this year? Tell me about about that. And just through through reading about the article, it seemed like uh, because of what they were doing. But walk us through that. Yeah, uh, you know Garza's played. Well, he came in as a receiver, and he's a freshman, and and really he moved to safety for us to be out of necessity, um, just because again we want to run our nickel package and thing like that. We needed another DP, and so. I mean, he's he's played that position for us before. Um, you know, we haven't we hadn't used that package much um, in our other games, like versus Martin Luther, and then um, certainly versus Crown. We certainly had him out there, but um, yeah, he he he's our nickel guy, and he came in, and um, you know, <laughs> he seems to find ways to make big plays. His first game of his career against McAllister, he got a pick that day too, yep. and. Um, you know, I had to, yeah, I mean, that's just big yeah, play Garza, yeah, I guess. I, they kept begging me to come play DB, and I just, I told <laughs> we, them I was like, I like this, I like this JT kid. I think we should throw him we, in. We and, did uh, actually experiment with that many, many springs ago. Back in the day. And uh, wow. that was, made me lose a lot of hair. So All we're going to say is they didn't throw to my side of the field. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> laughing. I love it. Yep. <laughs> I love it. So obviously it's, it's more than the interception. That was the end result. But talk about you, know, you talk about hey if we get a sack here talk about that pressure was there a certain call that that you you had seen something where you brought pressure from a certain way because obviously I've watched the play a bunch of times and there is pressure the quarterback's rolling he's trying to get out of it and then just probably out of like if I get sacked the game's over so right. I got to put this thing up right so just walk us through that yeah and a lot of it with I mean I know you're bringing pressure but again having the front four that you have is such a luxury I mean you know what you're getting on the edge and then Mondo was actually in on this pressure yep. so I mean yeah I think to Tim's question I'd love to hear that answer yeah that that was the exact that was kind of the thought process is if if you know get him uncomfortable don't let him sip because he'll pick you apart I mean, he's a great quarterback and 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 he's going to be for the next two years um he's going to be a problem but um you know just really wanted to have to hurry up his mind and hurry up his thinking process not let him go from his progression let him you know make him have to make quicker decisions and and so yeah i'm be you know get mondo through and 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 our thought was really there to bring inside pressure so we brought some of the inside 
uh, one of our inside backers, uh, uh, Omen, and you know tried to lock it up in the back end as best we could. And um, you know that that pressure in his face obviously forced him to kind of get out of the pocket and roll around, and that's what we wanted. How good did that uh, victory formation <laughs> feel? I mean, well, Tim, obviously you've you've won conference titles here before too, and um, you know it's it, it's hard to express. Uh, to somebody that hasn't put their life and soul and heart into something and to have it be successful. Um, it, words can't explain. You know, guy, people ask me at all how to feel, how to feel. It's hard to explain uh, because you put everything you have into this. And my family puts everything we have into this. And um, obviously there was a lot of uh, emotion um, from that and – you know, our players, you know, you can ask them the same thing. I, how do you explain it? Well, you, if you put everything you have into it, it's hard to explain. Yeah. Um, but it's it's unreal. I mean, it's something that you obviously is as uh, to achieve a goal, to accomplish something like that is uh, is huge. And use the words right there, the achievement and accomplish. This is something that, that every team sets out to do at the beginning of the year. And one team has the opportunity to call themselves conference champions at the end. And and if you are that team, that means you have done a lot of things right throughout the way. Um, and and how about now from a, a player's perspective? When you saw that interception and he went down and we secured the ball and you could go out and have that victory formation, what were things like on the sideline? What, what was your emotions at the time? The sideline was it, it was crazy. The tears already started flowing. The guys were screaming. The guys were yelling. And uh, I just I, I had to take a knee and just take it all in because that, that moment and uh, – I didn't even realize that like we had done it. I've been here for four years and we've been working hard every darn year. And uh, I uh, finally, this culmination, like the senior night, it's my fourth year. It's these guys last sang games the at home saying, okay, well, you know, fine. We can brag about me some more if we want to talk about it. But. <laughs> I love this kid. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was just the guys, they'd put in so much work, especially uh, two of my roommates, uh, Blake Johnson and Dylan Notton, they were here mm -hmm. for the their freshman year, the the one in nine season. They yep. they never thought they'd be here, and now we've been in the battle three two years in a row, and and we took it home. Yeah, and that's I guess that's where I was going to take this next is is obviously the last time that UMM football won a conference championship was back in 2006, and there's been there's been 16 seasons between that championship and this one. And there's been quite a few of those that have been pretty lean. Um, I went back and looked, and we had two winning seasons. Now, I, I, we, had, we were 500 a couple of times, and I didn't include those, but only two winning seasons over 500 in those 16. And here you are back at the top again. With that kind of as a backdrop, and I know it, it, it would have meant a lot anyway, but just with, with kind of the, the, the program not always being on the cusp of it, is is I want to say is there more satisfaction to it? But there's just there's so much more that goes into it. Guys have to trust the the process, right? And mm -hmm. and and you're you're recruiting guys that you're you're talking about a vision for the program, and here's where we can get. Talk a little bit about that in terms of what that has been like, and and guys trusting you, like yeah, this is moving in the right direction. We can get this done, and then here you did, right? And and trust is a key word there. You know that's one of our core principles that um, you know we believe in, and and that's the one thing I think. As you look at this team, that's what we have across the board, um, you know, from players to players, coach to players, um, just trusting in each other, trusting in this uh, journey that we were on together. And, you know, yeah, it's as we started to kind of finally turn the corner. And this is what I when, when I took this position, um, you know, this was kind of always the the goal. And, and of course, there's more goals that, that we want to accomplish ahead, but uh, took a little longer than I would have liked. But. Um, you know, just stay in the course and, and, and recruiting is obviously a big part of that, getting in the right people. Um, you know, the support of the administration, um, is obviously very important. Well, no, um, I roll well. needed. That's fact. <laughs> um, but you got um, paid to say that one. Yeah. So. so, I mean, yeah, all that kind of cultivated finally in, 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 you know, a championship and, um, you know, that's the 06 team. I mean, that was something that I, I played. Uh, Friday in our team meeting, I played the final play um, of that dome day, uh, where our 06 team won it, and and I I emphasized, you know, about 
you know, seeing ourselves tomorrow doing that and seeing ourselves storm the field. And um, ironically enough, and although it wasn't the final play, but the defense got a pick, you know, and I had all kinds of work crew guys from years past texting me like, you know, there's the work crew again and this Love and that. It. And I, yeah, it was it was cool. Yeah, well, as I was a part of that yep. and, and there, and I'm I'm on the sideline and, and thinking through it, that it was eerily similar to what 06 was. Now, that one was an overtime, but it was a three-point game, by the way. Last, literally last play of the game, the defense makes a play. So, I mean, the similarities 17 years different were crazy. But you referenced good people and and you know in your program and and obviously that that is your your student athletes and and thank you for the plug for admin but not for for me but the the support of a Sandy Osanoy and Janet Erickson was Mm -hmm. there and Tracy Anderson and Brian Herman one of our VCs is a chain guy for us for crying out loud I mean (laughs) the the support I think is real from there a piece of it that I know you appreciate greatly I know the players do too but but perhaps doesn't get maybe the notoriety of everything else is those five other gentlemen working on your staff talk to me a little bit about them and and looking at it through the lens of I know how how much time I mean you, eighty hours a week you are with the same five dudes and your wife what does that what synergy exists there and talk a little bit about what they bring to the table yeah and I I think that's uh, uh and can't be overstated how important um, that that piece is is the, the 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 great people I get to work with um, you know Coach Burke you know. I know you guys like to have poke at his uh, his tweets here. And oh, it's, and it's coming and that's again. Great. And, and I, might, I love. I it. might ask Alex to read one of these. As a matter of fact, I would love to. He's here. Oh, love love yeah, he's yes. got he's got the voice for oh, it for sure. Whatever yeah. accent you want, I'll do it. Um, he's, he's, maybe he has been a listener. <laughs> uh, but you know, he he's been tremendous, uh, Coach Burke specifically, and just his input. You know, obviously he's 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 the OC, and I really let him do whatever he wants. And I'd say that literally, seriously, he. Do your thing, Coach Burke, and let me handle this side of the ball. And you know, we we we've just we've built something together here, and that's been really fun to to kind of watch. And obviously, Coach Galen, and um, you know, having a former player that had kind of that that we've really got to mold. You know, as we've gone through this process with him and and, and his development, and you know, Coach Glenn and, and, and Coach Scheibel, they've they've just been tremendous. Um, and, and I can't thank them enough. And and you know, we had a a new addition to our, and that's the other thing is that. That those four, we've all been here together now for two seasons, and that's huge. It does not always happen at this level. Well, yeah, no, that's, that's where I'm guessing and, you're going to reference with and, Coach Rivers. And Coach Rivers, I mean, he comes in, he's a the new guy, I guess, and and he's been phenomenal. Um, you know, working with our guys in the weight room a little bit during the season as as, as we kind of do some other things in, in the office, and um, you know, coaching our defensive backs, he's, he's just done a really good job, and. Um, you know, he, he hopefully he sticks around and I can continue to mold him because I think he's he's gonna be a good coach too. Well, and the part with that too, if for all those out in listener land, which are sitting there thinking, well, that's six full time guys on staff. What? That's where the the thought of football goes. The reality is, you've got two full time full time coaches, and then every other coach is a is a part time seasonal guy or has multiple other responsibilities on campus. So. To, to see the the dedication and the time they put in pay off with what you guys accomplished on Saturday is just, it's it's unbelievable. And it's not exclusive to us in this situation. It is, though, because you're the one team in this conference that gets to continue to play. And that's where the last thing I want to kind of finish up here, and Al, I want to get your perspective with it, too. Goal going into the season, Coach, is conference championship. And we talk about with all our sports, right? I want us playing in conference tournaments. I want us competing for conference championships. With that celebration comes the reality of now i mean you're in the d3 playoffs playoffs but but you are <laughs> I, that's my favorite Jim clip Laura, ever. Yeah. yeah but you are i mean you've got a tall task ahead of you on saturday so i don't want to spend a lot of time talking about wisconsin lacrosse but i do want to talk about being one of 32 teams in the country that's that still get to keep practicing and playing correct knowing that you've got a a pretty big hill to climb here in another whatever it is, you know, four days. Yeah, and that's exactly what I kind of talked to the team about was, and I actually texted the staff that too, and I just said, you know, it's kind of just dawned on me that, because we had the selection show, which was really cool, and, and I mean, just being, just seeing your name up there is is just special. And, you know, I, go, I went home that night, and obviously we started to get the film from lacrosse and, and really started to break it down and those things, and I just kind of sat there and said, well, we're one of 32 teams. There are 243 Division three college football programs. We're one of 32 that are left. You know, now I know there's bowl games and teams do things and whatever, but 
I mean, we're we're in this tournament, and um, that's that's special. Now you're right; it is a tall order, um, you know. And, and, and I mean, this is going to be a different level of Division three football um, that we're going to see on Saturday. But you know what? We're going to soak it in. We're going to do our best. We're going to uh, um, go there with, I guess, nothing to lose. I mean, why would we? Um, well, as the eight seed in 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 playing the one yeah. at their place. Yeah, I mean, but but, but it, again, what? The goal is already hit for this season, so now it is a matter of, dude, we've got, we can just go out and play, right? Correct, and and that's the, I mean, there's no, I mean, our kids will not have any issue being loose on this game, is my guess. Um, we're going to be ready to go, and uh, we're going to give it our best shot and represent Cougar football and University of Minnesota Morris well, and, um, you know, we'll play the game, and we'll see where it goes. Alex, how about from you, same situation, again, one of your seasonal goals checked in a in winning that conference championship now what is this week leading up to the the first playoff game in in cougar football in 40 plus years yeah it was uh i think it really started on sunday when we woke up and all of us looked at each other and we're like we're going to the playoffs that's insane to say we are all going to touch the field in a ncaa playoff game and i think that's just something i'll put on my resume for life you know (laughs) They'll get me into McDonald's or something yeah. for a job, but a choir, <laughs> choir, choir teacher, yeah, choir yeah. teacher, part-time manager at McDonald's. But the uh, the main thing is, I looked at uh, like a couple of the seniors in the locker room, and uh, after we won, we're just there's still tears flowing, and I I go to Dylan, my roommate again. I I only talk to the same guys, I guess. I talk to everybody on the team, <laughs> I promise. But he he looks at me, he gives me a hug, he says. Dude, I'm so glad we have another game. I was not ready to stop playing football, and that one is really like we have another football game that they're. And it's, that's that's funny because that's the same thing my wife said. Um, she said I wasn't ready for the season to be over. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, we're all happy that it's not. Yeah, yeah, and that's the, that's the thing with athletics. Every season does come to an end, and we know it's out there somewhere. But there's that there's that immediacy when it does come to an end that when you had an opportunity to move on, it's like, Oh, now we're not practicing tomorrow. Now, mm-hmm. now you guys you don't have to have that. I mean, mm-hmm. you guys, you, you have that opportunity to practice all week and to prepare and, and go through the motions like you have for the last uh, 10 weeks or whatever it's mm-hmm. been. And, and that's just incredibly exciting. So um, obviously congratulations to, to you guys, to the, the staff, the players, it has been an absolute joy to watch this team and, and uh, we talked even going into this year, how close you were last year at this time, right? And and about taking that next step, and and we talked a lot about that throughout this season. And you guys did it; you you accomplished it. And I know next year there'll be now different goals. And hey, now let's do it again. But I think it's just so important to enjoy this while it's here. And from a player standpoint, yeah, you have an opportunity to step on the on mm-hmm. the field in a championship situation mm-hmm. here, which is just. Incredible. So I hope you guys are enjoying it along the way. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, Matt, anything else before we get into uh, the real crux of things here? Play the music. We'll have we'll have Alex Hap uh, take the pleasure today of sharing a tweet from Coach Burke. Alex, whenever you're ready. Momentum is funny. When things are going well... We want to build upon the positive momentum we have established. When things are not going so well, we want to stop the negative momentum and re-establish the positive momentum. We need to make momentum work for us. Well done, Coach Burke. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yep. Alex Hap. That was very well done. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I do have a bonus. Uh, it's 10 sentences long, though, so brace for this Well, one. it is. And the way he did this, so this was from uh, when you guys went to, I think it was the Martin Luther Day. Pretty okay. sure game at Martin Luther. He talks about being on the road. Um, and this was just, again, one of those that's too good to pass up. So here we go. This was, I believe, again, again, back from uh, November 4th. That's one the day you guys played at Martin yeah. Luther. Yep. His game day tweet. Here we go. Game day. Walkthrough. Team breakfast. Load the bus. Arrive at the game site. Get dressed. Warm up. Kick off. Compete. Go Cougars. 
I feel Go like I was there. Yep. Holy cow, I feel wow. like I was right in the room. Oh my gosh. Well, you were actually, you were there for all of that, but... Well, yeah, but now I'm just, yeah. holy cow, to live that again. And then after the Go Cougars, it was win, baby. That was, <laughs> that's what happened with that uh, scenario. Oh, so, oh yes. Oh. So, yeah, guys, really appreciate you guys stopping in, highlighting Cougar football. Not only this last, uh, obviously, Saturday was great, but um, just been, like I said, awesome to follow you guys throughout the whole way. Wish you nothing but the best. Have fun Saturday. Yeah, we know it's going to be a, a, a very very difficult hill to climb but um go out and have fun yeah right? that's what it's all about and alex thank you for all your support of into the den that you've already uh you know i know you're a an avid yeah, listener and yeah, spreading uh, it to your cronies so apparently only dylan um but i'm but, just glad i was the first <laughs> yeah, the on two, the list the for two, today the two people he actually talks to yeah correct but team. if there's anybody else let them know that this exists and it's yeah. a it's a good yeah good snapshot in cougar athletics uh, you guys are the best i'm sure you got other things to do get out of here way to go thanks, thanks. Guys. appreciate you guys All right. Um, yeah. Cougar football. Do awesome. It 17 years in the making and 40 years until playoffs. It's It warrants some extra discussion, and we hope we get you and I get to have these conversations with other programs and other coaches moving forward. That's the reality of 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 what happened this fall for football. And, and hopefully, you know, I know we're going to talk about volleyball here and, and getting into basketball season and indoor. And it's celebrating those victories, man. You know, an opportunity to keep playing and competing for our kids is is unreal. Yep. Um, so we will move on to Cougar Volleyball. Again, we mentioned uh, that was championship week for them last yeah. week, and we had uh, Coach Susan Guth on the pod last week along with Sidney Eckhoff. And and things Wednesday night just didn't go as as planned. And uh, we talked about going in that, that UW-Superior was a very, very good volleyball team, and we were very, I think, equal in a lot of ways. Even, even the wins that we had we highlighted last week, both 3-1 victories uh, in the regular season much closer in terms of, of, of matches that uh, than, than would otherwise, I think, be seen from that from that score. Yeah, the superiors, they're good, and they just happened to outplay us on that Wednesday night, you know, but a lot of what Sydney and Coach talked about came true in terms of they were just super defensively. Yes. Um, and, and there were multiple opportunities where you and I sitting there, obviously watching this game along with a huge crowd support. It was just an, an outstanding crowd where – where we put ourselves in position to have kills and, and to keep, you know, mounting points. And there the barrel came up with just some amazing digs and they took care of business. So yeah. yeah, we came out on the wrong end of it, but that doesn't take away from a two seed in the tournament, obviously. Correct. So UW Superior was here Wednesday night and uh, came away with a three to one victory in the UMAC semifinal. Cougs managed to win the second set really by a convincing score yeah. of 25 to 15. But other than that, it was really all UW Superior the rest of the night. Uh, just some highlights, some some individual work. Laura Wellbrock led the way offensively with 15 kills and had 10 digs. Lacey O'Leary, as you it. may say. Alex says he can do any, uh, you know, whatever accent. I only do Irish. That's right. All right. She added 13 kills. Lydia Nash with 11. Kenzie Newton had another Kenzie Newton type of night. Talk about, you know, we mentioned Alex Happ having the, yeah. uh, you know, uh, special teams player of the week should be named after him. I could feel the same way about Kenzie Newton and setter of the week. Seems like she's in that all the time. Well, 44 assists. 44 assists, incredible. 11 digs. Uh, Tori Shaler was a force defensively with a solo block and six block assists. And then leading the way on the digs uh, was Ava Brun with 36 and Sydney Eckhoff with 24. So um, obviously as disappointing as the loss was, there was... So much to be thrilled about with the season that the volleyball team put together. Again, uh, we highlighted last week, but twenty and eight overall, twelve and two in conference play. Um, any final thoughts, I guess, on the on the volleyball season and, and their play throughout the year? Yeah, the the final thought is it's what we've talked about all year, and that's that it, the last game doesn't doesn't encapsulate what their season was about, and that's that that was a great squad who had a great. A great season, 20 wins and 12-2 and two in conference and hosting a playoff game. Those are things that a lot of programs in and outside of Morris and across the country would hope for in, yes. and, you know, in their best every year. So um, Coach Susan Guth has established a program that that is now the expectation, and 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 they they achieved those um, goals this year. It didn't end the way they wanted it to, but uh, excited about that program, continuing to move forward. And I know we had four amazing seniors that are going to graduate and mm -hmm. move through. Some of them we're going to talk about here in a second in yep. terms of all of them actually in the honors that are upcoming but um it was a great volleyball season and i'm i'm ultra proud of that squad yeah absolutely there were uh umac postseason awards came out as you referenced first team all conference goes to Mackenzie newton and laura wellbrock and have really led the way for us the entire year so congratulations to them on their first team 
All-Conference honors there. Second team All-Conference goes to Maggie Jones. Honorable mention All-Conference, Ava Brunn, and the Sportsmanship Award uh, goes to Sydney Eckhoff, who is our representative there. So congratulations and great job. Um, again, I, I hope the, the disappointing uh, taste from Wednesday night does not overcome them when they're looking at the season they had. Absolutely phenomenal. A lot of fun to watch. Correct. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Again, the, the postseason honors, again, speak to the caliber of our program. And I know like Lydia Nash wasn't honored on there. She, right. she could have been and oh, should have been. Absolutely. Another great Cougar for us. So future's bright for Cougar Volleyball. And I know Coach Susan Guth has is, is already got his eyes set on, on 24. Moving on to cross country, the men's and women's cross country uh, finished up their season, competing in the NCAA North Regional this past Saturday. Greg Peterson led the way on the men's side with a time of 27.35 and Grant Strukel next for the Cougs at 29.39. And on the women's side, uh, Sylvia Pesch, as we mentioned time and time again, led the way with a 25.17 time and the Hoagland sisters close behind with Ilsa at 25.55 and Zoe 25.56. UMAC honors there. I think you'd maybe mention this uh, last week or the week before, but I just wanted to make sure we cover. Greg Peterson earned second team all-conference, and this is the third time in his career that mm -hmm. he's earned all-conference. And Sylvia Pesch and Ilsa Hoagland also named second team all-conference there for cross-country. So Congratulations to them, and of course, I'm sure most of them, if not all of them, will be competing this spring in track and field with the distance things uh, as that comes out. Schedule will be coming out here uh, shortly. Soccer. All-conference awards were announced for soccer last week. On the men's side, congratulations to Carter Watkinson, um, named honorable mention all-conference. This is the fourth time in his storied career here at UMM that he has earned all-conference recognition. Two second-team honors and one other honorable mention. Um, Carter is the all-time leader in matches started and tied for the lead in matches played. So just someone that has, reliable. Been, a, has been a constant and absolutely reliable figure uh, on the men's soccer team for Coach Turnbull. And then uh, Chan Pisath was our representative on the sportsmanship team. He is a first-year player from Burnsville. And who's his academic advisor? Oh, that would be me. Boom. Chan's a great kid. Congratulations to him. On the women's side, Jay Quate earned first team all-conference, so congrats to Jay. This is the fourth time in her soccer career to be honored. She has two second team all-conference honors and one other first team, so just someone that has impacted uh, that program and, and done a great job uh, from a defensive standpoint for that team, so congratulations to Jay. Jaden Sundrell, Sonny, uh, was named honorable mention for the second time in her two-year soccer career, so congrats to her, Kim Peters, also named to the honorable mention team. She ranked eighth in the UMAC with her nine goals scored. And Ayla Wicklow is our representative there on the sportsmanship team. So with those awards coming in, that puts a bow on the soccer uh, season there. So again, congratulations to all of our postseason award winners. Yeah, soccer season and, and with the exception of football, which now has at least one more game remaining, that wraps up fall and transition us, Mr. Coach Grove, yeah. into... Our winter seasons, and I know we're going to talk basketball here in terms on the men's and the women's side, uh, and for the next couple of weeks between indoor, I think, has got an upcoming meet. I know swimming has got, I think, one more before winter break. They do. But lots of hoops talk here coming yeah. up. Yep, and and to kick that off, we'll talk about the men. They're off to a one-on-one -on -one start to the year. They had last Wednesday night an 80-53 to loss at Concordia. Um, Leroy Fairbanks and Jarek Kuyava led the way with 10 points apiece, and Blake Munson right behind them with nine First-year player Ian Fay made his impact on the boards, leading the team with five rebounds. And you look at that score and you think, gosh, maybe we didn't do so well. Well, then Concordia went on to beat two WIAC teams over the weekend and only gave up 56 and 54 points respectively there. So yeah. seeing those scores makes you feel a little bit better about, oh, maybe this is a really good team we're up against and, and they're not just doing it to us. Yeah, and basketball's a funny game, as you know. That's a team we beat last year. Yeah. You know, but again... Yeah. The cards reshuffle every season. I know they had a couple transfers come in, and they were big and long across they're huge. the. They're, you know, six ten ish. Yeah. you know, across the board. So, um, yeah, tough way to start the season for the Cougars. But I really like the way they responded um, here last week. Yeah. So then Friday night they uh, went to Trinity Bible College in Allendale, North Dakota, and and got out with an eighty six to sixty eight win. The Cougars jumped out to a lead in the first half and really never looked back. Uh, three players hit double figure scoring for the Cougars with Kenny Placide fourteen. First-year player Jace Nelson with 11, the name you're going to hear, I think, quite a bit, and Gus Gunderson with 10. Um, as I mentioned, Jace here was 4 for 4 from the field, including 2 for 2 from yeah. the three-point line, so really a nice night for him. And, of course, Kenny Placide completed the double-double, leading the way with 11 rebounds. So um, 
that's kind of the the start to the season. I talked to um, uh, Taylor a little bit yesterday just to kind of get early season thoughts, and and he mentioned the the Concordia game and what they were doing to other teams. He said so we we actually feel better about that than we than we did after Wednesday night. And one of the things was was I think I had mentioned they're just going to really try to focus on scoring in the half court. I think transition wise they'll be fine, um, but it's 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 who is going to do our scoring for us now with the with the the absence of, of last year's seniors who have left with graduation. Yeah, and specifically in that group, Noah Conagieser, mm-hmm. right? To where Noah Correct. accounted for a big portion of the offense, creating his own shot, doing some stuff in the half court. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see as this team continues to develop and grow, including tonight's contest. Right. How do we how do we keep our transition game, but also when we're forced into a half court, where does that shot come from? You know, where who's going to be our offensive presence in that set? And I think as a young team in terms of playing together here two games into the season, mm-hmm. there's going to be some ebb and flow with that. Sure. They're still figuring things out. And, yes, they've got a good returning scene. You know, Kuyava's been there mm-hmm. before. Paul Dox, a multi-year mm-hmm. starter. Munson, you know, th- there are players that have played for us. But missing Jarrett Johnson and missing Conagieser, who accounted for a lot of those, you know, half-court shots, um, it- it'll be a-, a growth period, you know, which is why, again, to see them go to Trinity Bible and get out to that early lead and get a lot of people in the game, that's – that is a good builder for what is leading into a really competitive non-conference season. Yeah, and as you mentioned, that uh, that continues tonight. They are home, home opener tonight against Augsburg, an MIAC opponent there. And I think they'll be a team um, not as good as Concordia, but better than the team they saw at Trinity on Friday night. So I think tonight's game will give them a really good indication of kind of where they are right now at this point in the season. Yeah, and with and we've talked a lot about it specifically last year, and now it's coming around again. The parity in men's basketball yeah. between the Mayak and the UMAC and other area teams is high. You know, I mean, there's still going to be games you hopefully you can go win, and they're going to be just games that are going to be really challenging. But as I if I'm I'm sitting in men's basketball shoes tonight. I'm saying, hey, we're going to compete with Augsburg tonight, yeah. and and if we play our game, hopefully come out on the on the right side of it. Right. Uh, transition then to women's basketball. We have three games under our belt. There were one and two early in the season here. Losses to Concordia and St. Bans, and a win Saturday over St. Olaf. Going back to Wednesday night at Concordia, uh, the Cobbers hit 11 three-pointer start two, uh, both by Sonny in route to a, a big win there. But we did have five players reach double figures in scoring. First-year players, Maddie Grove with 14, Grace Perry, 11, um, and then Jay Quate, also 11. Jaden Sundro, Claire Stark, another first-year player for us with 10 apiece there. And and I thought coming out of that game, if we get to 70 points a lot uh, this season, we're going to win a lot of a lot of basketball games because that was really our, our, our issue last year was just inability to put the ball in the basket at times we needed it. And so to go to Concordia, put 70 on the board, yeah, we they – put a lot more on there than than we did but it was just nice to see scoring come from different areas yeah well concordia is good you know what like much like we talked on the men's side where we took that loss you lost to a better ball club yeah you know but as as first game of the season and and then transitioning even into saint ben's and and ultimately you know saint olaf it's about the growth especially with your program and i think we talked last week about it you're going to rely on some young players to come in and contribute and i'm going to put you in an awkward situation here that we didn't talk about but i'm going to ask anyhow not looking at Maddie Grove as your daughter, but looking sure. at Maddie Grove as the basketball player, three games into it, you know, being your leading scorer in three times. Yeah. I mean, and and to also see obviously Grace Perry and I think Claire Stark's gonna be a good ball player for yeah. you. What does that look like from you from a coaching perspective of incorporating these young players in with a Jay and a Sonny who are on their the opposite end of the spectrum? Correct. We we really like our first year players. Um, and uh, their teammates really like the first-year players. And, and I think the combination of the, the um, experience we have, having three fifth years on the roster and Mallory Anderson in her fourth year, people are going to play a ton of minutes. And then those that are in between and then our first years coming in, we really have a good balance. Um, but again, w- one thing we struggled with was our, was our scoring. And we are going to rely, I think, quite a bit on our first-year players to to bring some of that scoring for us. And and Maddie has has been able to do that the first three games, as you mentioned, let us in scoring all three of those. And uh, will that continue? I don't know. We'll see. Um, but she has proven to have the capability to go out and do that. I know Grace Perry does as well. Claire Stark does as well, being able to put points on the board. So from that standpoint, it's exciting um, as the coach to see these young players step in, take on that role right away, because it's going to be something we need them to do. So is it a matter of, once again, as you talked earlier, 
figuring out what your half-court offense looks like as well, too? Are you searching for a defensive identity? And I, I don't want to take away from the, the two losses and the win. I mean, that's yep. that's wonderful. But early season basketball is trying to figure out who you are as a team, right? Cor- correct. And and um, we just implemented something else defensively yesterday. We are, we're going to continue to be a team that that will will need to keep teams low scoring, and and we're going to do that in a number of different ways. We think we have a solid uh, group that can play, you know, a solid switching man to man, which we've tried to do. Um, but I also think we have a group that can be really, really good in various zones that we have because we are, our length is really, really good. Uh, when you can put Maddie at the top of his own, well, that's that's different than having Haley Walschlager at the top of his own. So just those things that that. Um, that I think can can bring us some extra benefit defensively. Yeah, we're going to exper- experiment with a lot of those things early in the season to see, okay, now who do we want to be moving into conference play when we have that on December 8th? So after those first two moving into Saturday and your ultimate mm-hmm. win versus St. Olaf, what wrinkles did you add there? What what got you to the point where I mean you came out with a great win versus a, a tough opponent and a close ball game? Yeah, it, it was. And you know, we jumped out early. Um, I think we had a it was a 17 to 8 at the end of the first quarter, but then they basically flipped it on us in the second quarter. So we're down by two. And then a productive third quarter, but a very, very for, very close fourth quarter. And at that point, you're just trying to get stops and get scores. I mean, it sounds it sounds simple, but like just like Marty was talking about in that situation, no, we've got the ball. We are trying to put points on the board from a football perspective. The same with us. Try to get stops and find high percentage shots on the other side. And we are still trying to, to figure out, as we should be three games in and, and such a, a new group, is what offense should we be in? What's our personnel look like? Because we can we can be very different. We can have two true bigs on the floor that, that help us run our traditional motion offense that we've been running a lot. Well, we can change that up by going quote-unquote small, and maybe height-wise we're not smaller, but position-wise we're smaller. And it was the group on the floor with with four guards at the time that really put some points on the board for us. Um, and I think, I think Maddie scored our last 14 or 14 of our last 16, whatever it was, and she just found areas where, where she could score. She got hot from the three-point line. And, but it was because of, of, of the driving and kicking that we were able to do through our offense that got her those opportunities. So it's not just her going out and taking over a game. It is, it is teammates putting her in position to be successful. And then, yeah, her t- taking advantage of that opportunity and knocking down shots. But um, like I say, it was, it was team effort the whole way through, and she just took advantage of the opportunities she was given. So what does it look like now? Again, not tonight, but tomorrow night. You've got a really talented River Falls team coming <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah. You know, at March, like Hoffman's preparing for lacrosse. Yes. You're preparing for them. Um, I mean, again, like you referenced, trying new wrinkles, trying new things. You know, just again, trying to get your footing into. And I know you always do, but your non-conference schedule is just brutal. And in, in terms yep. of a, comp- a competition standpoint, yeah. So um, yes, to all of that is is we need to continue to to improve in the areas that we've continue to work on i mean rebounding has to be constant for us we always have to be boxing out uh, and especially because you have good size we have really maybe good not size. river fall size but you in conference are going to have great size correct and and size alone doesn't do it for you as we've as as, as well known you've got to literally box out and that that doesn't take talent that just takes a a mindset of i am going to do this and so that's a constant we have to limit our turnovers those things are just constant every night out where we need to focus on and, and try to improve. But in terms of wrinkles, things, yeah, we're going to continue to look at, at what offense are being most productive for us. So that'll be something. And then defensively, uh, Coach Lou, I, I kind of dug into the, the San Ola film. Coach Lou dug into the St. Ben's film. And she was just talking to me this morning, just before our staff meeting, of, you know, Coach, we've really played our zone exceptionally well against St. Ben's, which is great to hear early in the season. Now St. Ben's had some shot makers, and they knocked down some three-point shots that, that we don't think uh, uh, over the course of time throughout the conference that that the teams that we face will be able to do that on a consistent basis. So we feel good in in, in the zones and the the mixing up of, of defenses that we are going to be doing. We're in the process now of let's add some presses. Let's see what that can do for us. And and again, with our length and, and some of the personnel that we have, we think we can be pretty good with that. Awesome. Uh, so again, yeah, we do host um, UW River Falls tomorrow night. That'll be our home opener. So uh, come on out and check out the the Cougs or turn into seven o'clock sports and network. Um, so yeah, looking ahead, swim and dive are headed to Sioux Falls Thursday, Friday, Saturday this week. And we had Coach Molesworth on talking about that. That's kind of a precursor to their 
to their LACs because well, it's set it, up much the same. It simulates it in terms yeah. of you have prelims and finals, and it's a three days for crying out grueling. So yeah. yeah. Yep, so that'll be fun to, to follow them there. Again, men's basketball home tonight, and then this weekend they are in Iowa at Wartburg. Uh, women's basketball home tonight, and then just keeps getting easier at Division II Bemidji State on Saturday. And, of course, the big news, though, on Saturday is our football team, NCAA playoffs at UWU Lacrosse with a noon kickoff there. So um, lots to look forward to. Again, sort of closing the book on some of these fall sports and, and opening things up for winter, which is always exciting. Thank you, as always, for going into the den with us again this week. Special thanks to our engineer, Mike Seahawk, and our student intern, Jack Gala. Best of luck to all of our teams competing this week. And until next time, go Cougars. You've been listening to Into the Den with Matt Johnson and Tim Grove. Let's put a bow on this thing. To get the latest episodes of Into the Den, follow us on Spotify and online at morriscougars.com. Until next time, go Cougars.